0: From Campside Media, Chameleon's new second season, High Rollers, tells the seedy story of Operation Botox, an FBI undercover investigation designed to catch money launderers. Hosted by investigative journalist Trevor Aronson, this new season uses FBI undercover recordings that take listeners on a journey inside a two-year sting operation that goes off the rails in ways both tragic and comic. Set in Sin City, Las Vegas, nothing comes short to this mind-blowing heist that involves all the classic Vegas highs and lows. High rollers get involved in a money laundering scheme, an informant runs his own scams, a reported love triangle, strippers, and millions at stake like exactly what you see in the movies, except this actually happened. It's an investigative thriller that challenges listeners to consider and question the enormous unchecked powers of the FBI and federal agents' decisions to investigate unsuspecting Americans. Here's a little preview, a short clip from the show.
1: Stick with me here, because I'm going to tell you a long story. It's quite a soap opera. Emil's new girlfriend is named Kim Milko. Kim is a tall blonde, the sunny disposition, like Haley Bieber. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear that a guy who owns weight loss clinics wants a pretty girlfriend. But Kim's not just pretty. She's ripped. She's entered bodybuilding contests. There are pictures. Her oiled muscles barely constrained by her skimpy bikini. Emil and Kim met at the gym because, of course.
2: Kim and I would look at each other all the time um, at Lifetime Fitness And then one day, right in January, she just comes up to me and says, Happy New Year. And I said, same as you. And then I said, listen, I think you're smashing. And she said, I think you're hot or good looking or whatever. And then we trade phone numbers. And then a couple of days later, she texts me, do you want to go out with me? And we did go out. And we had a couple of drinks and dinner maybe or something like that. And then I told her the next morning, Uh, Listen, I'm married, and this is a—it's a problem. She's, you know, she's very possessive, and but I am going to get a divorce.
1: So Emil admits, as if it's no big deal, that he told Kim he was married only after they'd spent time together. To Emil, it's like, whatever, what's the big deal if I only told her the next morning? And Emil and Kim had, at times, a volatile relationship, an on and off kind of thing. Here's Emil.
2: What happened was Kim and I would have a fight. She'd go out on a couple of dates with Mr. Smith and then Mr. Jones and Mr. So on and so forth.
1: And during one of their off periods, Kim struck up a flirtatious relationship with a local lawyer. In a city of lawyers, some walk ahead of the pack. This is a commercial for Las Vegas lawyer Paul Pata. He's inside a courtroom, standing up to address the judge. And then, quick scene cut, he's outside, surrounded by reporters asking him questions. A former federal prosecutor, Paul Pata, will fight for you. When you've only got one call, you better call Paul. Paul's a really interesting-looking guy. He gels his black hair into a large, cement-hard wave that falls over the top of his head. He does personal injury law, car accidents, slip-and-fall cases, that kind of thing. And he's proud of it. Here he is on local TV.
3: Federal prosecutor, now to personal injury. So why make the switch there?
1: You know, I was fighting on behalf of crime victims when I was a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. I thought if I went into the private sector, started my own practice, that I could help a larger uh, segment of the population. And so part of what I do now is just basically putting my skills to work as a former prosecutor, going to the court, trying cases, and helping people achieve compensation and justice if they've been injured.
3: And when it's your own practice...
1: According to Kim... She met Paul through a group of friends a while back. Here she is. Someone
3: um, kind of arranged us to meet, and we met at T-Bones.
1: T-Bones is a steakhouse in the Red Rock Casino. It has a lounge with million-dollar interiors and really good mixed drinks. There's a fire pit on the outdoor patio. It's very Las Vegas.
3: And then we you know corresponded you know we we were texting and, and talking and made arrangements to meet up a, a bunch more times but it was always with groups it was always like hey you know we're all going to happy hour here are you gonna go Um stuff like that and then one time I went out he asked me to go to lunch with him um, meet him for lunch across the street from his work at the palms Um and we did that Um so we didn't do anything and You know, I think the one time when we were out, we left together to go. I had to go feed a cat, so he came with me, you know, left to go feed the cat, and then we went back to the bar, you know. So was it dating, you know? Were we, you know, sleeping over at each other's houses and stuff like that? No. Were we communicating? Did we correspond? Yes. You know, was it moving in that direction of being? I I, I think he wanted it to.
1: Going to feed a cat doesn't sound romantic, and that's apparently really what they did. They went to feed a cat, and then they came back. So we're not talking a hot and heavy, can't-keep-the-hands-off romance here. But there was something going on. Something.
3: I'm uncomfortable kind of saying this, but I think me kind of dating Paul and having an interest to Paul was a shock to a lot of people.
1: What Kim means is, Paul wasn't her usual type.
3: Because I've always really just been with Emile, and... You know I knew all of these guys and you know I've been approached quite often you know by various people to, to go out and do things and then I think when when Paul kind of showed up I showed interest and I think they boosted his ego and he thought he was really cool and you know and I'm sure he was like thinking his you know shit didn't stink so to speak and then you know when it ended pretty quick you know when I was like back with the meal you know, and, it, and I think his ego was hurt, too, in front of his friends, because they were probably like, ha, see, we knew it wouldn't, go. you know, she wasn't interested in you.
1: So, Kim says she was seeing Emil and Paul to different degrees. And one evening, when she was at the Sedona Lounge, another Vegas hotspot, Emile was trying to find her so that she'd come and get her dog from him. First cats, now dogs. It's probably fitting in a story with this much fighting. But anyway, that's Emile's story. He didn't want to take care of Kim's dog. Really? I think he was looking to make a scene. So, Emil goes to Sedona Lounge.
2: And there she's there with Paul Pater and a couple of different people. I'm like, Kim, come get your dog. And um, she's so like, why? I said, because it's pooping all over the place.
1: Again, like feeding the cat, this isn't code. Emil says the dog really was pooping all over his house, and he was sick of it. Anyway, let's get back to Sedona Lounge. Emile is confronting Kim.
2: And I said, by the way, why don't you tell them about your herpes? Something like that. Just, I was just angry and it was just a joke. Whatever, I don't know what went through my head at that point, but that's what I said. Not a nice thing on Emil's part, and also not true. But still,
1: not long after that, Emil and Kim got back together. Strange, I know. But that's just the kind of relationship Emil and Kim had. Then, shortly after they got back together... Emil and Kim were out to dinner at a high-end restaurant in Las Vegas called Vintner Grill. That's where, they say, they ran into Paul Pata.
2: It's a classy, yes. He's wearing a suit. I was wearing a suit. Um, Everyone's dressed nice. It's a classy restaurant. It's not a cheap restaurant.
1: Okay, and let me be clear here. What happens next is disputed. Separately, Emil and Kim have told me the same story. But Paul has told me, through his lawyer, that while he did know Kim... What you're about to hear, it isn't true.
2: Me and Kim are sitting at the bar, and then all of a sudden, I turn around and I see Paul Pada next to me, and he was really angry and irate. He was like shaking, and he was he ordered a drink, and he was slamming his dollar bills down on the on the thing, and I'm like, what's up with this guy? And he's right to my right, and Kim is over to my left, and then I turn around and say, Kim, isn't that the guy you went on to us today? She's like, oh yeah, it's Paul.
3: He was obviously very intoxicated and he came right up to Emile and I and he started uh, kind of pointing his finger into Emil's chest and he's like hey like whatever I can't remember you know just antagonizing him and then he said I fucked your woman and she loved it
1: again according to Paul this alleged encounter didn't happen and Paul says he was never involved in any sort of love triangle involving Emil and Kim in fact, Paul says he was a victim of Emil. But it's all sort of petty, right? Just a pissing contest between a couple of alpha males. Well, here's the thing the situation starts spiraling down into a bizarre web of vengeance and deceit. Because a very powerful man, a guy with connections to Paul Pata, suddenly takes a keen interest in Emil. And not just an interest in Emil, he takes an interest in anyone Emil knows.
0: Don't miss this mind-blowing crime caper. Chameleon High Rollers is available every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.